Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. You're listening to the Jersey Ghouls. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. And here we are in the throes of the middle of summer. We're getting towards, now we're starting to get towards the end of summer. We are. Yeah. We are, which like we it. know that I'm not sad about. You're not. I'm, I'm okay. Usually by mid-August, I'm over it. You know me. Once yeah. my birthday is over, I'm like, <laughs> October 1st, baby, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> but. but we, yeah, but. but we're still celebrating the summer of ghouls. Hot ghoul summer, if you will. It is. <laughs> it is still our cruel, cruel summer series. So right. we have to keep on theme as we do. Yep. And today we're tackling two movies that I think paired well together. Uh, summer of 84, which I had never seen before. Same. And a 90s, I would argue, uh, slasher classic, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yes. And uh, do you want to start with 84? It doesn't matter to me. We can start with 84. Sure. That works for me. Um, so this one was directed by Francois Simard and uh, Anouk Wiesel and Johan Carl Wiesel, who were the team behind Turbo Kid. Oh, look at that. Yep, which was really the only other big thing they've done. Right. Um, and they were very, when I, when I looked into the movie, they were very annoyed by the constant comparisons to Stranger Things because they were like, we started this before Stranger Things even came out. It's not fair. 80s nostalgia. Everybody's sick of it, but we made this idea. So I could see how that would be annoying for, for yeah, them. I mean... Th- I never get sick of 80s crap. I don't. I don't. <laughs> and I mean, it's like, you didn't... Pioneer it. I mean, Ready Player One, I think, came out before this. Yeah. Uh, Well, the book certainly did. Yeah. So it's like, yes. I mean, one of my very first notes is like Stranger Things vibe, you know. 100%. Like, uh, where a couple of years ago it was zombies were all the rage Mm -hmm. and then it was superheroes are all the rage. We get it. We've talked about this before. The 80s nostalgia is the current. Oversaturation, not oversaturation, no, but the current fair. saturation of pop culture is the 80s thing, which again, for two 80s babies right here, we're like, yes, we're here. Fuck for yes. Me. Like, Goonies <laughs> forever. Let's do this. It's, it's true. It's I Lost never... Boys, it's Goonies. Like, yeah. yeah, I will never get sick of it. And I think that's why I don't get sick of it, just because yeah. in my head, I still live in the 80s. Like, yes. I still watch so many 80s movies. I dress like I'm still in the early 90s, late 80s. So to me, it's fine. Like, yeah, I'm, no, I'm perfectly yeah, happy with this, oh, the, the saturation of 80s stuff. But I, I I think it's fair, yeah. I mean, a, a case in point, my first note, Stranger Things vibe. Totally. I said Stranger Things and It vibe. Actually, really good call. I thought yeah. both, par- both well, I mean, really have a the, lot of The telltale kids on bikes. Totally. It's, it's, right. I mean, that's the, like, the first thing you see yep. is kids on bikes. And then, of course, Stranger Things, It, and then I go to now Goonies, E.T., Now and Then. Yeah, I know it's technically oh, oh, 90s, but then. I always think Girls on Bikes. Girls on Bikes. It's the kids on bikes yep. thing. Like, that's what, because that's what we did. Mm-hmm. I don't know with kids today. I mean, again, safety is a whole different fucking thing. But, like, in our day, when we were kids, when it was summertime... I was just having this conversation with my mother yesterday about how I remember in the summertime, it was like, wake up, do a couple chores, grab the money she left for me that like she had magnet, you know, magnet on the uh, fridge 
And and I rode my bike across town to my friend's house and we went to the pool. Completely. Like that's yeah. we we rode our bikes all around town. I was saying how from one end to the other, from my tiny town, maybe an hour at most to get from one end to the other. It wasn't a long that's bike funny. ride. Like yeah. and, and everybody lived relatively close, so yeah, we just Rode our bikes around town. Doing what? I don't know. We just rode our bikes around town. You want to go down to the playground? Cool. And then we'd ride to the football field. And maybe we'd ride to Burger King. Or maybe we'd ride to somebody's house and just hang out on their front lawn. Because that's what we did in the summertime when it was like 1991. Yeah. And I, I mean, I didn't have that experience as we know growing up in the city. Just kind of a totally different vibe and environment. You know, in the Heights was more my summer than this was. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I feel this is like the nostalgia. I also love when films like this kind of play with that theme of like the moment that our childhood kind of ends and i yeah. think this this film does it astoundingly well actually because i was nervous i was like oh it's a bunch of boys is this going to be like something i don't really connect with but i was very invested and yeah. i really loved all the main characters because they felt like just normal kids they weren't like good looking they were very normal and it was like, like their like their reactions were very i mean like yes like when you look at movies like Again, I'm going to do the comparison of like Goonies and Lost Boys. You have this fantastical world mm-hmm. where the kids are going to save the day. Yeah. And it's very, very fantastical, magical, you know, especially with Lost Boys. We got vampires. But this felt like a very real world scenario of like a young, like, you know, preteen, teenage kid whose imagination goes wild. And they start to be like, oh, yeah, like that guy's the serial killer. And like they stalk him out mm-hmm. and the whole nine. Right, it was like that trope that we've seen a million yeah. times. But it felt, you're right, it didn't feel fantastic. Like, Fright Night has that, like, oh, well, it's vampires, it's fantastical. Right. Like, this, to me, very much reminded me of Disturbia and Fright Night. Like, I thought it was very much yeah. ingrained in both those films. But again, in, in and I have to say, I actually really like Disturbia. I thought they do it well. But in Fright Night, it's like it's a vampire, so it feels not real. This And the fact that, that they cast, and I, I, didn't, I didn't know his name, but I was like, oh, that guy. He's in the office. He's in the league. He's in so many things where he's the a, serial killer. Yeah, the serial killer. I know yeah. him from Mad Men. And Mad Men. And that was the first and thing. I'm like, oh, why do I know him? And right. I looked him up, and I'm like, oh, he was like the adorable like little guy. He's always plays like the adorable friend. Right. Um, I like. I like how they. I, I love the whole sentiment of like. Every serial killer has next door neighbors. Oh my god! You know, yeah. like how many true crime documentaries have we watched where it was like they were so normal? You yeah. know, like how how could this possibly be? With the exception of maybe like Jeffrey Dahmer, who was clearly very weird. Yeah. But like John Wayne Gacy and Ted Bundy. No, like it's they true. were. It's, it's right. They, they you know, were somebody's one of, neighbor. One of the 100%. books. One of the books on my TBR is that Anne Rule book about Ted Bundy about the you know, like dating Ted Bundy and having a, like a relationship with him and having no idea that he was also like Ted Bundy, the serial killer. Mm. Rich Summer. Summer. That's his name. I'm okay. sorry. Rich Summer. But yeah, I, and there's something. Okay. Uh, confession time, right? right? Just between us gals. Yeah. I totally spied on my neighbors. I remember, I remember doing that when I was like probably 13. I had my mom had gotten me a pair of um, like the theater glasses, like the little oh yeah, yeah like the little yeah. Yeah. I she had gotten me a, a pair of theater glasses, and I remember one day it was like summertime, and again I'm like 13, and I hear like a bunch of kids outside, and so I like peek out my window, and a couple houses down from me, I see a bunch of kids outside, mm-hmm. and when I say kids, they're probably like kids home from college. 
And like they're all messing around on the front lawn. And I remember, and this is such like, I don't know why I specifically remember this moment, but I remember we have my little binoculars and I'm looking out the window and they're all posing for a picture and someone holds up like a handle of like Captain Morgan or something. I don't know. But like they're all posing and laughing and drinking. And Mm -hmm. I just remember looking at that being like, I'm going to be so cool in college. (laughs) I can't wait for college. And I don't know why that sticks out in my mind, but that's like the one time I remember like using my binoculars and being like, what's going on out there? I was never like, I never like watched naked people or anything creepy. But like, I would just like, it was fascinating. And and as a kid who was often home and like a video game indoor kid, like it was just something I did more often than I want to own. And I, so I feel like sometimes I'm like, like, it's such a trope, but it's something you do when you're a kid. You're nosy. Like, well, you know you're, what? You're, you're a spy. The, here's the I thing. I was a spy. You like, call it nosy being a kid. Yeah. When you're a grown-up, you call it people watching. That's true. So really, true. like... You're right. <laughs> or, or peeping Tom. What are well, the other? Yeah, either way. Either way. <laughs> There's yeah, a like, line there. I mean, think about it. When you're like, oh, yeah, we like to go people watching. When, oh, when God, you sit there. people watching. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're, and as you're a kid, essentially yeah. doing the same and thing. And I had, like, the Harriet the Spy vibe where I, like, oh, wrote nice. down crap. Oh, and, like, nice. I had, like, a notebook <laughs> in my satchel. And, like, yeah, I was a creeper. Um, I also have really fond memories of the few occasions where I got to play Manhunt at night. It was the oh, biggest thrill. God, I it was, I mean, it. And it, like it was, so this movie did a great job of being like, here's a bunch of normal kids doing what normal kids do. And here's this one kid who's kind of, and I have to be honest with you. I, I went back and like a lot of the criticisms in this movie were like, it was so obvious that he was the killer. I didn't think so. I really did. Until like he fake caught someone. It was, it was one of those things where it's my, the only reason that I thought that it was, I don't even know if I want to say obvious. The only reason I was leaning toward he's obviously it's yeah. it's him is because I felt like there were too many red herrings, and Fair. I always feel yeah. like when there's too many, it's the obvious choice then because you're trying to distract me with this shiny thing and this shiny thing and this shiny thing and I'm like but I really think it's the it's guy the most obvious answer. and that was my like honestly I I really liked this movie I have had several people since this movie come out say, have you seen Summer of 84? You should watch it. You would love it. And like spot on to all of them because mm-hmm. I really did like it. This movie has been recommended. I'm glad we finally got the chance to watch it. That was probably one of my only kind of like complaints, quote unquote, okay. is because like I, it just felt like Red Herring Central. And For because sure. of that, sure. it was just like, well... So it's obviously Matt. Yeah, and like a lot of, I thought the tropes and like the, the how it all fo- unfolded is a little predictable. I will say the one scene that made me really uncomfortable, and especially because I think Rod Sumner, so like Rich Sumner, excuse me, I think Rich Sumner is such a little cutie. The scene where he puts the walkie-talkie in the window that he finds that the kid tries to hide legit creeped me out. Like, I was like, <laughs> like oh, yeah. I love the moment when they find out that the person knows they're spying on them. Like, I always find that such a scary moment. So I thought that was well done. And he did such a good job. Spoiler alert for the end. Yeah. When he, te- when he kills the one friend and he tells the other kid, I want to kill you so bad. But would be worse than that is me not killing you. And you knowing that at some point I'm going to come get you. Oh my God, And you'll yeah. never and know when. And let's dive into that ending because I think that ending is what <sighs> really sets this film apart. It was so good. Had this ended with the kid catching him and everybody's the heroes, I would have been like, uh-huh. this movie sucked. No way. Because it's just a, a trope. It's like we've seen yeah, this recycled happy, a million yeah, times. Happy ending, wrap it up. But to have the ending be that he kills one of the four main characters uh-huh. and then takes the kid and says, I'm not going to kill you because it's going to be worse to live your life consistently looking over your shoulder knowing that I'm going to come get you one day. 
fucking haunting to me. I loved like the nod to Black Christmas because he's in the attic. Yeah. And when he creeps down the attic steps. That was scary. I was so excited because so we're watching the movie. And okay, we find out that, you know, they they believe him, you know, they believe him because Chad was like, his thought process was, oh, they're going to go back there and it's all going to be cleaned up. Yeah. And they're going to think the kids like faked it or something. Oh, so okay. I was happy. Exactly. Yeah. But I was happy when it's like, okay, no, like we're going to go get right. this fucker. Right, they rescued that random kid. And right. I'm like, there's still 20 minutes left. I'm like, yeah, things aren't over. And like taking them to that island, then he sliced his Achilles. Like Ugh. everything about that last 10, 15 minutes made it worth it for me. There were, it was such it, an annihilistic ending. It was such a good ending. I, you know me that I'm not always here for the happy ending. I'm here for the villains winning sometimes. Yeah. And this movie did such a good job of blending. It, it's like, you know, it gave you that 80s vibe again without being over 80s. Like nobody had a Rubik's Cube. Like no girl had the side ponytail. It was just like browns and yellows and greens in the house is kind of thing. Yeah, like it wasn't just had, like obnoxiously. Yeah, it just had that very like, you know, and again, like the, the black Christmas nod of the guy in the attic, mm-hmm. the monster squad thing with them having the clubhouse. With the one kid that's like cooler than Yeah, the you know, you, I guess I loved the girl, like that she, he got the girl kind of. I thought so it was really cute. I'm happy at the way the girl turned out Me because too. in the beginning I was like, she's a fucking creeper. And you got to uh-huh. think about it. I mean, my thought is always the age like difference. Well, okay. and think about it if it was the roles were reversed. If it was a teenage boy that lived next door, and he was going into the eleven-year-old girl's room and being she, like, was she, they were eleven. Maybe they were thirteen. They were like fourteen, fifteen, I think. But okay. she was definitely because anything below that, yeah. I would have been. But she out. was yeah. definitely like out of high school at this point. And I just like I thought it was kind of creepy. Oh, was she that old? I didn't think she yeah, was. Yeah, she was she okay. was definitely that is a she creepy. was definitely a little, it was creepy. I didn't I took her as like 17 18 and him like 15. Oh, I think he was younger than that because oh, she babysat okay. him. Like yeah, you when they were little. You wouldn't babysit a 15 year old. That's why No, she but I'm saying but like anymore. but when but she wouldn't be like a 10 year old babysitting an 8 year old. I took it as there was at least a four or five year age gap. Okay, I didn't think of it that way. And but you're probably it was right. kind of creepy yeah. when she Fair. was in his room yeah. and kind of being like, "Hey, remember when I babysat you?" A little creepy. Old. You're right. A little creepy. A little creepy. But I'm glad that that creepiness went away and she like became like an ally and like part of like part of the gang with them, like and Agreed. tried to help right. him. Like, and I she like made that. him look so much cooler. Yeah, I yeah. like that they. I like that that character. Because yeah. yeah, at the beginning, like I thought was she was mostly a little, sweet and innocent. She was a little creepy in the beginning, and I'm glad she evened out into. To being um, that's super fair. You. I will say I took a I took a Marissa page out of this book. And I did a little bit of a deep dive okay. because I found something very interesting. So the whole kid on the milk carton thing. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I don't remember that that there ever being kids on milk cartons. But granted. It kind of died out in the mid '80s. Oh, I do. I and do remember. I I don't particularly remember the milk carton mm. thing. I think I was too young, or I just I don't remember it. Like honestly, maybe it was just that my mother poured the milk in my cereal. Yeah, and I you do never noticed. Yeah. I don't particularly have any memory, and maybe I'm just forgetting. But I don't remember the milk carton thing. Okay. But obviously, like you know that, like yeah, like the whole you don't. You know, you can't go out at night. You don't want to end up on a milk carton. Like, oh, I remember sure. that, that. like, fanatical, the, yeah. your fear. And I was kind yeah. of looking into it, like... So, I actually kind of looked up the history of the kid on the milk carton thing. Because I was like, 
did that was that effective like yeah, i know that like absolutely. when we get like the circulars they there might be one of those little like have you seen me yeah. age progression things and i take one glance at it and then it goes in my recycle bin Correct. so i'm like how effective was the milk carton thing yeah. now granted you're not going to throw away the milk instantly you're going to have it um right you're going to stare you're going to you're going to yeah. look at it and apparently there were a few successful Wow. Like milk carton related, related you know, uh, kids being abducted. They were on a milk carton. Somebody recognized that they were found. Yeah. There's not a ton of hard data on it to mm. prove how effective it was, but it really did die out kind of uh, like late 80s, early 90s. It died out mostly because technology advancing. We have the internet. Right. We didn't um, need it. We anymore. stopped using the paper milk cartons yeah. and plastic yeah, milk yeah, containers yeah. became the thing. So it's like. And now we have like the Amber Alert. Yeah. And then, yeah, like I said, technology yeah. kept advancing. So that makes sense. But I just, I just thought it was whole interesting because I'm looking at it and I'm like, I know the lure of like the kid on the milk carton. Right. And I'm just like, I don't really I, remember it. I think it was like so many other things in the eighties where the lore and like the mythology of it and the almost like urban legendness of it became so much bigger with like even like it's kind of like the satanic panic and all that where it's like our parents made us afraid of it but it, their threat was never really actually that much there i mean like abduction stranger abductions are so rare you know um it reminds me too of the soul asylum video for runaway train they connected like three or four kids from that video got reunited with their families because of that video wow. and i found that to be interesting like it yeah. actually worked like putting those kids pictures in the video, yeah. which used to scare the bejeebies out of me, that yeah. video made me feel so icky. Um, it actually reunited kids with their family, so I guess I, I guess it works. I have to admit, I can't even think of whether or not it's in the circulars because I just throw them away. I don't even look. I, I remember every now and then <laughs> I'll see one of those like on one of the random where it's advertising like some porcelain duck or something, right. and at the little bottom there's like "Have you seen have me?" You and seen it'll show her. a picture, and then it's like age progression ten years, uh, and it shows like the yeah, that's yeah. weird. Um. I often, when I see movies like this where it's a group of boys, I wonder how accurate it is. And I picked Matt's brain. I was like, when they were talking about like going home to masturbate, I was like, do boys do that? Because like we may joke about being crude, but I would never be like, well, I'm going to go home and double click the mouse. You know what I'm saying? Like when I was a kid, that is never something I would, that's not even something I would say as an adult. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, do boys really talk like that to each other? So I had to, of course, go to my expert. And he was like, I don't think I ever said that to a friend growing up. Yeah. If it wasn't like a joke. And exactly. I was like, it seemed creepy to me. But again, I'm not a boy. So what do I know? Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't talk about, you know, putting stuff in the spank bank for later. No, <laughs> me neither. And if I do, I'm usually joking because I don't have a bang bang but my other question i guess i do i mean i don't know but at the that's a good question now, yeah, right? i think everybody everybody, I think everybody has, has a spank right? if, right. if you don't have one you're lying um the other thing i thought was interesting too was how excited they were to have a serial killer in town if there would have been a serial killer in my town, I would have shit my pants and locked. Like, I used to invent the fact that somebody was going to come kill me in the middle of the night. Had there actually been a threat of somebody coming to kill me in the middle of the night, I would have never left my house. Ever. See, and I think this is also the difference of where we grew up. Because I, in, you know, middle class, suburbia, I would have been, I would have been those kids. Because here's the thing, like, part of me in the back of my head would have been like, first of all, not real. Never going to happen. Oh we lived in a town where if I left my bike out overnight, bike was still what? there in the morning. 
There were times we didn't lock the doors. Did you not lock your doors? That's fucking absurd. Like, you know, I used to sleep with the window wide open kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever. So, like, I think that I would have been those kids. I would have been the one kid with the glasses who was, like, super into it. And then, like, dude, look, it's not not really going to happen. It's not really hysterical. Like, it would be fun to, like, play Let's Catch the Serial Killer. But in the back of my head, I would have been like, I live in Mayberry. People don't die here from murder. Like, this isn't real. Maybe in the surrounding towns, but, like, I think I would have had that naivete of the bubble of my safe little Mayberry. So I definitely would have been like, yeah, let's spy. Let's do this. And then at some point I'd be like, I'm bored. Let's do something else. This isn't real. (laughs) See, I think I'm I'm always going to be a city person at heart because it blows my mind if people don't lock their doors. I'm like, the fuck is wrong with you yeah like and i think we don't live in that time anymore i think everybody locks their doors now but even in the 90s and early i'd be like what is wrong with people even i don't even like where i'm leaving i only leave my windows open sometimes if i'm on if i'm on the second floor and i still (laughs) want to close it enough that the lock clicks you know what i mean like i am so paranoid so i would have been yeah and it's funny like now like i like i know people like at work that they don't lock their car doors that i don't lock my car door mac no oh see i do like i do go ahead and steal my car do me a fucking favor. I don't want the hassle. My- I don't want the hassle. <laughs> Nobody's stealing my crappy car. Is my yeah, There's nothing no. valuable in it. If there's no. something valuable in the car, of course I would. Yeah, no, Even like I groceries, can't. I lock it. So I'm like, nobody's stealing my fucking chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. I can't in good conscience like walk away from my really? car. Really? Yeah, oh, I can't see, do I it. never. Matt makes fun of me because I never lock my car. I never have. Even in the hood, I never locked my car. Because yeah. who's gonna steal my crappy car? Nobody's like knock on wood. No one's ever stolen my car. See, I get that because like a friend of mine that I used to work with would. He lived in Fishtown in Philly, and I think twice he has car stolen. He didn't get his car stolen, uh-huh. but he got his driver's side window smashed because and someone told stole the loose change like out of the See, thing. that's part of my rationale for leaving it open because I because, rather yeah. see, I've had my loose change taken a few times in the city. Go right. take it. Yeah, then you don't but get don't my smash car. my window. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's, there there's that something might be a mentality there. Yeah. Cuz I'm always like I I do think there have been times where someone has rummaged to my car. I just don't give a shit. Like cool take the girl's cheese it's from the back and take yeah. it. <laughs> take the lock. Yeah. And do me a favor and steal it. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't smash my window. Right. Like, don't smash it. Ground. Right. Please don't break it. Because then it's a pain it. in the ass for me. Exactly. It's going to cost me insurance money. Yes. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, one other theme I thought this movie played with well, but like, you know, could have been maybe a little stronger was just how, you know, prevalent divorce was when we were kids. Because all of these kids, like their parents had, you know, like the one kid was, whose mom was all jacked up and the one kid whose parents were divorced, the girl was her parents were divorcing. And I think it was kind of an epidemic. And, and I think it still is. I mean, gosh, what's the percentage? It's like two out of three marriages and is divorce it or something like that. I, don't quote me on that. I'll try and look it up. But at the end of the day, um, you know, it, it's like it is something that really affects kids. And I think that... I'm, I'm a product of it. Like, I'm, I'm you a are, My right. parents got divorced in the early 90s, and it was... Uh, I think they handled it in the best way they knew how with me. But looking back, 50%, like... 50%. 50% it was marriage. such a shitty... Like, literally, I spent the last, like, two years of middle school living out of a suitcase, going back and forth between my parents' house. Yeah, now, hard. luckily... We lived just a couple towns away. So, like, sometimes, like, you know, I didn't have to change schools. My mom would just drop me off at my school before work. Yeah. But, you know, they would kind of... I lived out of a suitcase. It would be, like, 
Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at one parent, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday at the next parent, and then we're gonna kind of swap it and like Tuesday, Thursday at one parent, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, like I literally, I can see the green suitcase that I used to use and like I lived out of a suitcase to, because my parents thought, you know, I, I get what they were doing. Equal time, like they, my mom didn't want to screw my dad over and go just weekends. Right, you know, right. like she's like, I want you, like they, I, I see what they were trying to do, and I know they had the best intentions. Right, right. But still, as the kid that had to get shuffled, it sucks. That's hard. Like not being allowed to hang out with my friends on the weekends because, well, you're only here on the weekend. You have to spend time with me. Like I'm your parent. Yeah. And then I lost out on spending time with my friends, which. Sucks. Again, it, it sucks, and you know you didn't consult me when you got married. No, you didn't you consult didn't me when you got divorced. Right. I, you didn't and now I am I'm suffering the consequences right. of your life decision. Now, granted, it was a life decision for the better, but when you're right. thirteen, that's a hard. It's, it yeah. sucks. Is that when they got divorced when you were thirteen? Uh, it was between like ten and thirteen. Okay. Like they had separated. At least you young, young. Yeah, they you had know? separated. They got back together. Tried it again for a while. It didn't work. I think, yeah, I think the divorce was finalized when I was like 12 or 13. Okay. So for like about That's a two, a three year period. To go through that. But yeah. it was back and forth. And then my mom and I were in an apartment. Like it was just, it was a weird situation. And again, like for the better that they mm-hmm. got divorced. Sure. Um, because I certainly Most know, times, you know, like, yeah, case, like I think yeah. it's definitely for the best, yeah. but it's just one of those things no, that I don't like, think, when you're, I don't think people should when you're like for the kids, preteen, so. young Never teenager, was. like it just, it was just, it was not a fun time. Not a fun time at all. Yeah. And I think that, that that's some of the heart of this movie. I think this movie had a lot of heart, which is why the ending was so jarring because like, and then when he dro- he's bicycling at the end and he drives by them and they don't even acknowledge him because I mean that they, their best friend died. Like yeah. that shit was jarring. Like, I don't know. I thought it was a really bold ending. And I, I, I was I, here I for liked how it. they decided. I really did. When I was that kid, I would spend my whole life like doing like martial arts training, gun training. You'd do the Laurie Strode thing. I would. I'd be newer, Laurie Strode. From the, from the newer gonna, Halloween your, your movies. Your whole fucking life, you're going to be yeah. looking over your shoulder. Well, I mean, and what you gotta, a terrible fate. You got to think about those kids. It's like, uh, you know, when they kind of like ignore him, it's kind of like you. This is your fault. Like you brought me into this. Yeah, like that kid would true. still be alive if you didn't. Because at one point shit. they were all like, "It's somebody else. They caught the killer. Yeah, like it's done. We yeah. can we can but walk away could, from." He could have also went on to kill thirty more kids. Yeah, you no, know, absolutely. But he's still on the loose, which is fun. you know. That's <laughs> well, and it's like one of those things where it's like, are we opening the door to a sequel? Like, is there, there going to be another looked. one? There's no. no? There's no. Plans. Which kind of makes me happy. Because a lot of times... I don't times, think they set it up for... Yeah, because I was like, oh, are they just setting this up for right. a sequel? But and I don't a lot think of they time, And, like, you know me with my thoughts on, like, reboots and stuff like that. Like, a lot of times, like, the one movie is enough. Yeah. Because you give us a 100%. sequel, you're going to take away from that, like, psychological terror yeah. of the end of the movie. Yeah, agreed. If you give me a sequel where Mackie comes back and he mm-hmm. finally kills Mackie or whatever, right. you're going to take away spot, from right. the effect of the first mm-hmm. one. I'm glad there's no sequel in plan. Like, one and done... Let's let's leave us with that like that icky like, feeling haunting, at the end. Yeah, that haunting end. So effective. Yeah, which it didn't feel in line with a lot of the mood of the rest of the movie, but it worked well for me. Yeah, it really did. I, that that is a that is a five star. That's a two thumbs up for me. Oh yeah, I okay. really liked it. One and a half for me. Really? There were times where I was a little bored. No, I was yeah. into it. And there were times where I was like, it. all right, I've seen this trope a million times. Right. You know? But other than that, it was yeah. it was good. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Um, now, shall we move over to, I know what you did last summer. I know what you did last summer. Uh, this 1997 jaunt is from a, uh, directed, uh, written by Lois Duncan, of course, based on a novel of hers, Mm -hmm. which I've never read. 
Never read. Um, and of course, written for the screen for by Kevin Williamson, who would uh, also, of course, r- give us Scream. I don't want to wait for oh, Dawson's and Creek. Dawson's Creek. And uh, um, this is such a Dawson's Creek movie, too, in my opinion. This is such a Kevin Williamson Williamson movie. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna throw it out there. I don't love this film. One of my notes is this film does not hold up. Oh, I didn't even like it back in the day. I was like, this is I, fucking stupid. I, you know <laughs> what? It's 1997. I am 16 years old. Yeah, I love horror it. movies. Right. Like, I, this was one of those like, yeah, like Scream and I know you did last summer and Brad and Chucky. Like I was all for these movies. I don't think I've seen this movie in like 10 to 15 oh, years. Me neither, yeah. And rewatching this movie. It's fucking painful. I was like, uh, I know what you did last summer. And I, I also, I, I, I have no words. Like, I can't believe how much I dislike this movie. Oh my God, same. Like, I was like, I know. We're on the same page up top. You know what? Are. I know what I did this summer is I identified toxic masculinity from 1997. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. So like, this movie is so gross. This to me is like, this just proves to me just how <laughs> fake ally most 90s allies were. Oh my God. This because is so bad. <laughs> to me, this is as bad as like, um, what's his name? Go- uh, James Gunn. Like, I'm like, okay, you're pretending this is feminist, but I actually have a lot of problems with the feminism in this film. Yeah. I- I okay so well first of all I'm gonna throw it out there all these kids deserved what they got and if, yeah and I, I I don't remember how the sequels unfold but I kind of wish that Freddie Prince and J- J-Lo Jenny Love would get it too because you're fucking assholes yeah here's my big all right and I was so glad to I found um some backup for my thoughts first of all fucking whitest movie ever like, I know they put Moesha in the second one, right? Brandy was in the sequel. Yeah, I don't remember. I sometimes forget if her real identity is Moesha or Brandy because I watch that show so much. <laughs> so blur, the lines blur for me. But, so, like, the most white privileged kids you'll ever want to know. <laughs> that I'll ever Even the one that know. was supposed to be, Freddie Prince was supposed to be the poor yeah, kid. Yeah, the poor kid isn't so poor. <laughs> the poor kid's like my, makes the money I make now. <laughs> he makes more than I do. Um, Julie, okay, as a final girl. I liked her sass. I thought it was a very, like, very, you know, like, Sydney kind of awareness where she's very vocal, she's snarky, she's smart. But here's why she fails for me as a final girl. She never does the right thing. She lies at the end. Yeah. And she's like, me, I got away with it. Hee hee hee, let me get back with Freddie Prince. Now I'll be able to live my life, my best life. Like, yeah. really? You're going to go live your best life? All your friends are dead. You're still lying about what you did. Yeah. Girl... Stop it. I know. You're a fucking asshole. <laughs> there, I said it. No, I, I really... It, Where's Dawson? It's, I know. Where's Pacey? <laughs> oh, Pacey. Oh, Pacey. He's I a better one. one. He is a Pacey for one. life. Oh, absolutely. I didn't love Joey, so I wasn't, like, thrilled that they ended up together. Like... Oh, I was... Joey had my heart, and that she was, like... She was... A, I identified with her. Well, you so know what? Hard. I don't know. She was just, like, a little too whiny for me. Like, yeah, everything, was whiny, yeah, like, everything was dramatic. Everything for her, she'd be like, oh, my God. I just dropped my toe. <laughs> I dropped something. Exactly. Oh, my God. It's raining. Like, it's like, like she like was a little... Right now. She was a little too whiny she for was, me. Like, I really didn't like any of the girls on Dawson's Creek. I didn't like any of the other girls on Dawson's Creek. I didn't like Dawson, though, either, so... No, no. I think of it. I'm going to hot take Kevin Williamson writes shitty human beings. He got a dad. Um, And here's, ready for my biggest gripe with this movie? I'm ready. What the fuck happened at the end? So wait, so Ben, I tried to write it down, and literally I kept writing, wait, Ben is the killer, but wait, 
Who killed Sue? Who's Susie? And why do I care? Am I stupid? No, so <laughs> in the beginning of the movie, they were, like, they kind of led you to believe that the guy that was, like, engaged to Susie, like, the, the, the one that's only a couple years older than them. Got it. And I think Susie died in, like, a Why do I care car accident like, or something. And that's Ben's daughter. So Ben killed them because he killed, they killed the fiancé? I'm so, so I don't get it. I'm gonna throw it out there. I don't. I need to like read the Wikipedia because I don't get it. Wait. <laughs> See, you don't get it either. I don't get it. But no, like the kid that they thought that so they stupid. were the like, kid the, they thought they killed. They, they, but he died. He's not Ben. No, and he died from suicide. So they dumped him in the water. He lived, and then he killed himself. Wow, they really are shit human beings. I don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I don't get it. And I just watched this movie like a <laughs> week too. ago, I and I'm still like, because I, I don't... remember not getting the ending, and I was like, all right, Marissa, focus. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, the the first of all, the Freddie Prince, like, like I was like, oh, the boyfriend, oh, my boyfriend did it. Like, I was like, stop it. Obviously, he's not the killer. Like, what is wrong with you? And then I tried so hard to wrap my brain around why Ben was killing them, and it still doesn't add up for me. Well, here's what doesn't add up for me. <laughs> I gotta watch the movie again. I'm not promoting. Watch the sequel. I'm not promoting killing anyone. Um, Ryan Felipe's character in this movie, I am. But (laughs) if I'm in their situation and I'm gonna be so weak as to be like, fine, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm gonna say, you drive that car home and you find some shady way to fix your car. I am gonna go get in my car and I'm gonna drive down the road. And I'm going to anonymously be like, hey, police, there's a body on the side oh, of the road. Oh, me too. I'm and definitely drive away. going to a like, public phone and being like, maybe somebody yeah. Like, I'm going to anonymously be like, there's a body on the road. Right. Bye. I, I like that your voice is a Keystone Cop voice. I mean, <laughs> it goes them all. Mine's like a squeaky, I'm like, maybe there's a body on the side of the road. Me. But no, like, I feel like there's ways to, like, fix this so you don't fuck up your life. If you're, if you are going to be a douchebag to kill somebody. Call the police, right. Call the yeah. police right just away. Call the police anonymously. Or, like I said, like, just be like, oh, my God, I was driving by and I saw this body. You guys should go get it. Bye. Right. Or like, I would be like. <laughs> like, don't, don't. Hey, don't right. touch the body. Don't touch fucking the fucking DNA on it. Right. Don't you're try to throw it criminals, right. Like, you and really are. Please don't scream at me, Ryan Fleabay. I can't handle it. Because, like, if that was, if, if first of all, toxic friend. Very toxic. 100%. Toxic boyfriend, toxic friend, toxic human being. Definitely would not be like the antithesis of our listeners, this guy, if he was alive today. Exactly. And Sarah Michelle Gellar's character was so vapid and like shitty that like she was like the polar opposite of Buffy that I almost didn't mind her death either because I was like, y'all are just shitty human beings. Yeah. And then like I loved like the, oh, look how much PTSD she has. She's having a shitty time at college, as she should. She deserved, like, I'm sorry, girl, you committed a very serious crime. Yeah. The truth shall set you free. And I'm going to go ahead, if it's okay, real quick, and give a shout out to an article I read that I loved um, by Alex West. As you know, I stand for the faculty of horror. So, you know, I, I was excited to, to stumble upon this article. But she also has a book, too, that I'd like to get eventually. But it's called Not In My Movie, 90s Slasher Cycle and um, girl power, GRR, girl power, right? And it's all about all the different final girls of the 90s movies, and it's, it's interesting. And her hot take, which I agree with, is that the reason why this character fails as a final girl is because she never has that transcending moment 
where she becomes autonomous and strong and takes responsibility for her role in everything. Whereas if you look at like Sydney or any of the other final girls, they own like Sydney's big like I accuse the wrong guy. She has to fucking deal with that and she does. Mm-hmm. But J Love's character is just like, yeah, I do it. I'm gonna lie to the cops now and I'm gonna go to college. Well, and like, she's gonna claim victim. She right, she plays that's the key, right? Yeah. So and you're she, not the victim. She's a shitty She's a shitty final girl because instead of most final girls who's now like, fuck you motherfucker, pump the shotgun, I'm, I am who I am, I own my mistakes, and I own now my identity, she continues to live this like fake, like she never, she victimizes herself, she lies about the reality mm-hmm. of it, and then she goes on to pretend she could just go on to live a normative life. Now, again, I haven't seen the sequel, but I just think she fails to be, to me, an inspiring, there's a reason why she's never on my shirt. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she's a shitty final girl. Yeah. Um, and this movie's just annoying to me. Like, the, yeah, just, the dialogue. This and movie the, wasn't, it just, it wasn't I've a good movie. And I Dawson and been like, he he cute. But, like, I rewatched this and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> so, yeah, so definitely check out that article. It's a really good look at all the 90s. Um, movies that I often chalk up to not being very good, but no. And you know what? I know that the the complaint for this movie is a lot of people are like, it's just a screen ripoff. Which I think he wrote this before. Scream. He did. He yeah. wrote. It didn't get made before Scream, but without, he wrote this without before this, Scream. he might not have written Scream. And it's one of those things where you know what? This movie he had. He wrote this movie fine. Obviously, he wrote this movie. Learned a few things, mm-hmm. and then and we got the adjustments to give us the. And we got screamed. Right? Although I will say, to its detriment, there were definitely uh, there were moments in this where I feel like the characters were trying to really emulate characters from screen. I thought so. Too. Like I was like I think they were like point, the poor like, man's, uh, like the, Yeah, I was like you know I, I think I, I said it about. Um, Oh, not, not, uh, what's his name? Johnny Galecki. Like the, the, the first time. I'm like, are you trying to be skeet right now? Because at one point, like, he, like, made a face and he was, like, broody. And I'm like, you're not, you're not skeet. You're cool. You're adorable. But you're not skeet. skeet, So stop. And you're not broody. Right. And you're trying to be, like, a red herring. And it's, um, no, I agree. I, I, I think this movie misses some marks. And the other thing that I take issue with is that whereas Ghostface is so iconic and creepy, you put somebody in the Gordon's Fisherman outfit, it's yeah. never going to work for me. I'm like, ooh, scary fisherman guy with his hook. Like, it didn't, it never evokes, like, terror for me. I'm just like, hee, that's no. silly. And I think for me, it's too much of, like, that urban legend thing where it's like, oh, the so guy with like the hook on the... No, 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 I don't mean the movie. Oh, okay. I just mean, like, the literal oh, yeah, urban the legend the of the guy like, with the hook. And yeah. I'm just like, eh. Yeah. I don't know. I agree. Yeah. There's really like the, the, the hook hand. Yeah. It's just like yeah, yeah. The, the Gordon's fisherman. Good, good example. Um, yeah. Like it's just like when he walks out, it's just because the Gordon's <laughs> Oh, you're going to kill me? You're not going to oh, give me fish? You're not going to oh, fillet a fish? I no. want fish sticks. A fish sandwich? I really want a fish sandwich. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just really, I don't know. Like the, the, everything about this movie, I'm actually surprised how much this movie did not hold up for me. Because <laughs> I was the one that was like, you dude. You were into it. I was like, let's watch I Know when You Did said this. it, I was like, ah. that's perfect. It's seriously been way too long, or maybe I've just somehow matured. I don't think that's true, but no. um, it's yeah. just this movie. I good. really can't believe how much I dislike this movie. It's funny, too, because when you said it, I was like, oh, man, I didn't even like it back in the day, but maybe I'll appreciate it now as, like, a retro 90s, yeah. like, a good evolution of the horror, Final yeah. Girl, evolution of, like, feminism and horror. I don't think it, it, it gets any of those marks for me. 
Yeah, I still kind of hate it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, because I definitely remember, like, this was in the 90s. There, right. we, we have like the feminism. We are in the riot girl moment, and this is like we when we had Scream heroes. the year before. Yep. So, so now, now we have horror movies now. are being mainstream. We yeah. have another because we had the early '90s where horror movie was like oh, you know Blair blasts the door open, nothing, right? and then we get you know the horror movies are mainstream, which it, it has that ebb and flow. I mean, it happened recently. It was kind of had died down. And then when like It Chapter 2 and the new Halloweens came out, we had this new surge of horror movies in the mainstream and Jordan Peele, you know, knocking down walls with yeah. horror in the mainstream. So it does have that ebb and flow. And this, I think, is why I gravitated toward it because this is part of that horror in the mainstream movement Correct. from the mid-90s. So and and I, the I was here for it. Final girl, like this meta-aware, we grew up watching the 70s and 80s horror films, so we're so much smarter. Whereas every character in Scream bought that awareness to the table and felt very third wave. Like even um, the friend, what's her name? Uh, Tatum. Rose McGowan, Tatum's character, was aware. She was like funny and, and like, you know, she dies because she doesn't take it very seriously. Yeah. Like, they're all so smart. They're all the kind of women we deserved at that moment in the moment, like in the middle of like the Lilith revolution of third wave feminism. But instead we get this girl and she sucks. And yeah. I'm going to throw it out there. I just don't. Jennifer Love Hewitt has always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Even on Party of Five. I was like, nah, and I loved that show. Really? But, yeah. I, never, I never watched Party of Five. The soundtrack to this movie was good. This did have a good soundtrack. It's a very I 90s will, riffing. Yeah, it is, it is a 90s riffing thing, but yeah, I'm uh, sadly, I, I have to say that it doesn't hold up for me. Yeah, this I, was a cruel Choice. This one, this is a cool song. I'm gonna watch this. I'm glad that I watched that first, and then I watched Summer of '84 because Summer of '84 was a nice palate cleanser. Um, I did it reverse, so yeah. I was stuck and you know what? I'm sorry. Answer. I'm gonna say it. Like, why do people find Ryan Phillippe attractive? Oh, I do. Cruel intentions, no? dude. Ugh. Oh, I do dirty things. Oh no, he is always. He has always creeped me out, and Cruel Intentions Seriously? like solidifies oh, the God, like I love so cruel creepy. Oh, you're such a gross mm. person! Like ugh. No. now, I think I'm skeeved, but like 16 year old me, really? Oh, I no. had a lady boner for him. No, I mean I I stayed I stayed pretty true to I like thought Freddie Prince Jr. was gross. I didn't get it. I didn't think he was. I didn't like, get it. I was, and she's all that. I didn't get it. No. And I feel bad because like I gotta hook up my Latino people. I but. was I was firmly in the Leonardo DiCaprio camp. Like See, Leo, I, was, I wasn't huge I was on Leo back now. then. I, yeah. He got me with, with uh, I was like going to say with Shakespeare uh, in love. Romeo I mean, and Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, like that. Oh, and then I'm not Ty kicking about a bed. And then Titanic. Yeah, like this. Uh, I love when we do these misogynistic moments <laughs> of like just completely. Um, uh, well, you know what? Because everybody has a spank bank. That's okay, right. Everybody has Everybody's got one. And I can't believe Ryan Felipe was never in yours. He, he was, was never in mine. And, and I have to say, honestly, and we've talked about it in my other podcast, because we've watched several Leonardo DiCaprio movies. and um, <laughs> You guys have. We really have. And, and it's so funny because AJ does not like Leonardo. <gasps> he doesn't. He thinks he's talented, but he just wants to punch him in the face. But I had said, I'm like, because he said something about me taking him to bed. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't find him attractive anymore. Like, he's not ugly, but yeah. like, I'm not daydreaming oh, about Leo anymore. Yeah. Like, daydreaming 1997, like blonde hair, yeah, yeah, parted down the middle, mm -hmm. hair, like, give yeah. me Romeo. Like, totally. all day, every day, spank bank full of Romeo from Romeo and Juliet. Fair. But like, 
today Leonardo DiCaprio, cool guy. I think he'd be fun to like hang out and have dinner with. Oh, I don't. But I don't want to touch his later. Like I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to touch any of his nethers. Like I'm, I got, yeah, same thing. Not only do I not want, not, not only is he not attractive to me anymore, but I don't think I'd want to hang out with him. I feel like he'd probably be a dick. I don't, like, I don't think he. I don't think we'd have much to talk about. You know. I don't know. I, I feel like we could have a cool conversation, but yeah, I'm not touching his penis. Like Fair that's enough. that's yeah, out of the question. I, I daydream about others. Okay. No, not him. But. Um, yeah, Ryan Phillippe has always just kind of like he's, he's rigid. Do. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Well, you know, what? I think cruel intentions, but in this yeah. movie, I find him horrifying. That. Mm. I was like, you're a dishonest bad person. You're a bad. Yes, yeah, you're a bad. Person. You're a bad person. Yeah, and then no, when he I turns, see a good girl could turn. You know, like that trope, <laughs> that bullshitty trope that I should be horrified by. But like fourteen year old, fifteen year old me was like, yeah, fair. I could change. I could change the. That's probably why I dated so many scumbags. And I could damn you, cruel <laughs> intentions. <laughs> I always imagined he'd be like, I am Kanye. <laughs> Never worked out that way. Yeah. Thankfully, I finally landed on just a legitimately good person. That's, <laughs> That's very. True. That's very true. That is very true. Oh, funny. Uh, well, so our summer of fun continues. Uh, yes. Yeah, so we have a few more episodes of our Jersey Girls Cruel Summer, <laughs> and then time for our favorite time of year. Then the we are diving in. It year. is the most wonderful time of the year. We get to dive in to spooky season, uh, spooky. which I'm very excited for, and I think we can talk about it now that. Uh, come October, mm-hmm. we are joining up with Creature Feature yeah. yet again for the Creature Feature drive-in. October 22nd, if you're local to the greater tri-state area, consider driving out. It's such a fun, family-friendly event. They do a trunk or treat. There's a signing with a celebrity. There's all kinds of cool stuff. So definitely come out. It's a good time. And you can take lunch drive-in movies. Uh, $30 to get in oh, and Oregon. it benefits Scares the Care. Yeah, yeah. So, so you can't go wrong with a charity. Thank <laughs> you for tuning in. As always, make sure you check us out on social media. Give us a like. Give us a listen. Give us a comment. Dude, I love talking to talking to fans. So please send us an email or get reach out on social media. It is one of our absolute favorite things. Thank you to everybody for your continued listenings. We've been having really great ratings lately. We're really, really stoked about that and honored. So yeah. um, thanks, everybody. For at least Stepped all over your toes. Oh, bye bye. listening to the Geekscape Network.